Welcome to Psychic Cowgirl Radio with Shannon Lackman. Practical, insightful conversations to empower and inspire you on your personal journey. From her cattle ranch in Alberta, this sassy psychic cowgirl uses her connections to universal energies to guide you to greater awareness and wisdom.
but you can also, you know, work at training your ego voice so that you recognize when it's just from fear and it's still a good idea to do something or when it's a true, like, oh, no, bad idea. We're complex. If it was easy, we would all be doing it and there would be no challenges with it, right? But I know more and more people want to kind of get back to a simpler energy-based life but they don't know how to do it. They don't know where to start. So notice what you notice. So a lot of these interesting conversations that I've been having, which is leading me to make a big decision, and I'm <sighs> conflicted about it, and I'm not exactly sure what I, we're going to do yet. I'm not done exploring but my husband and I were having a conversation about it, and he said something, and I felt a click in my energy, like a puzzle piece being put into place, like that last puzzle piece. You know, when it clicks in and you're like, yay, it all makes sense now. That is one of my intuitive guidance, symbols, messages, that's, how I know something is right when I feel that click. So I felt it this morning, and I'm like, okay. I mean, there's still a lot of things I have to do to make this decision um, a reality, I guess, and some more investigating and some more understanding, because even though I felt the click and I know it's the right thing to do or to explore, perhaps I need some more information, it's not a straight line. It's not, okay, that's it. Let's just do that. Our soul wants to learn. Our soul wants to explore. Our soul wants to grow. And we do that through experiences. Experiences through with information, situations, knowledge we gain. Every conversation we have with someone is an opportunity for us to learn and grow. Everyone, everything we read, we hear on TV, like we're always receiving these messages. So I ask you this, though. You receive a lot of messages from outside sources. How did you learn to which of those to trust and not trust? Because some we do, some we don't, right? If you could apply that same thing to your intuitive messages versus ego messages, wouldn't that make sense? But we are taught not to trust ourselves. This is why we all look for validation outside ourselves. We look for someone to tell us we're doing a good job. We know if we're doing a good job or if we're slack-assing it. We do. We look for someone to acknowledge us, to reward us, to make us feel like we're doing a good job. That's all fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I ask you, what about you? Have you lost your ability or your sense of self in that you do know when you're doing a good job or when you're not? Nothing derails us more than a negative um, piece of information about ourselves. You can have 
positive pieces of information, but that one negative we dwell on. And it's because we're conditioned to do that. We can change it. You can let it go. But it takes an awareness and a trust in yourself. Nobody else has the life you have with all your facets, all your experiences, all your particular things. Nobody else. You have a unique perspective. You should get to know you. I've been teaching a build your building self-confidence class, and I have a lot, a lot of good um, tools and tips. And um, one of the things that came out of it is the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem. And the big thing is to get to know yourself, right? If you want to improve your life, if you want to change what you're doing, if you want to create fresher perspectives, more understanding so you can live a more peaceful life, the number one thing is to get to know yourself. I'm going to read some notes from the class I teach. When going into battle, the wisest general learns to know his enemy very, very well. You can't defeat the enemy without knowing him. And when you're trying to overcome a negative self-image and replace it with self-confidence, your enemy is yourself. Self-sabotage. We do it constantly until we become aware that we're doing it. until we become aware. And then you can check yourself like, oh, really? Really? I have many conversations with myself. Really, Shannon? Is that really what you want to do? Really, Shannon? Look at what you've got yourself into now. Really, Shannon? Get to know yourself well. Think to your thoughts. Start writing a journal about yourself and about the thoughts you have about yourself and analyzing why you have such negative thoughts. And then think about the good things about yourself, the things you can do well. And then realize that there's more good that you're doing. That one can be hard, though. We don't want to be, you know, arrogant or braggart, but we do a lot of good in the world. Start thinking about your limitations and whether they're real limitations or just ones you've allowed to be placed there artificially. I was talking with a gentleman in one of my self-confidence classes, and he was talking about his past experiences and how you know, he was told that he couldn't do this, that he wasn't smart enough for this, And, you know, but this, you know, you had to do this. And, you know, when we broke it down, a lot of the choices he made were not necessarily his. He followed a path set out for him by someone else. Now, that can be good, absolutely, or it cannot be. I mean, let's be realistic. People in our world are doing things that they may or may not have wanted to do with their life And they're not happy. You know, there's this whole trend. Follow your passion. Find what makes you happy. Why does that have to be a trend? 
Where did we lose that? When did we lose that? Dig deep within yourself, and you'll come out eventually with even greater self-confidence. Look for the patterns of thought that take you to a place where you start second-guessing or overthinking. Yeah, I overthink it. Now imagine that your best friend went through exactly the same thought process and ended up holding themselves back. What would you say to them? That's a very good tool. What would you say to your best friend? We get intuitive messages for our friends and loved ones all the time. Ever been talking to them about a problem and this wisdom just flows out of your mouth and you're like, wow, am I ever smart today? It's your intuition helping them. But when it comes to using our intuition to help ourselves, we second guess. We don't want to be wrong. But can you be wrong? Intuition takes a faith. Call it instinct. We're bombarded with so many messages every day that we are learning to tune in and, you know, fine-tune those instincts. Does it feel less messy if I call it instincts rather than intuition? Working on your self-confidence makes your intuition more understandable. So an energy right now of us looking deeply at our lives and making peace with it as it is right now or changing it. There's an energy that supports not looking outside of ourselves for that validation, not being told what to do and how to do it. I've always struggled with being told what to do when I don't buy into what they're saying. (laughs) They're real feisty. When people do things, you know, from their own ego base and, yeah, and it may or may not be beneficial to me. Yeah, a little feisty I am. Because intuitively and energetically, I do know what's going to work for me or what's good for me or what I'm good at. But it took building it, right? I wasn't always this confident. Now I am. It does take a faith, a spiritual faith, if you will, a belief in that there is energies out there that we may not be able to necessarily see, test, see, touch, taste, hear, smell, but they're there. I'm going to um, recommend that you check out the Claire's, you know, the Claire audience, Claire Boyens. I want to make sure I have enough time for our third eye meditation today. So um, we can touch a bit on the Claire's. I have found I've become more and more visual. It's the the one that's more prevalent in my life right now. If I, I, I find I need to look at things more, I need to actually, um, I don't know. This, is only, this has been like the last few months that I've really noticed that my clairvoyance part is demanding more attention. I need to be able to see what you're talking about. 
I can hear things and have conversations, but I find myself visualizing them more and more. So maybe there's just an energy in the world right now that is supporting all of us developing more of our clairvoyance. Seeing moving objects or noticing number sequences, all part of clairvoyance. Flashing lights, sparkly light, those intense dreams. Um, sometimes you'll get that, you know, energy. Well, when you get a psychic attack, you feel that clairvoyantly. You can get flashes of uh, movies and pictures. Clairvoyance, clairsentience, and claircognizance. Where's the other one? audience when you hear things. I just got a weird feeling just now talking about all of this. There's a lot of energies in our world that are flowing through and when you start to feel upset, angry, depressed and you're not sure why, please stop what you're doing, take a moment, break the energy and zip your chakras. Zip Zip, zip. Become more sensitive, we can take on other people's energies way quicker. That whole clear sentience, that clear feeling. There's a lot of um, conflicting energies right now, too. And those are helpful. You know, try not to resist them. Take them as positive, powerful learning and untangle and sort through them all. There are some things, you know, when I, I know when I'm meant to explore something further intuitively and energetically, it will get stuck in my energy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you almost become obsessive about it and you need to figure it out and you kind of, you know, you might stomp around, you might like want to call people and discuss it endlessly, it feels like. It's because there's some pieces of information or some energetically energetic knots that get stuck in your energy and you need to untangle them to figure out what the most important for you to know or all the pieces for you to know but you have to untangle the threads so it, it does to me it feels like an energetic knot so <clears throat> and all these things that I was dealing with the last few days I had to wait for my kids to go to school this morning and then have a conversation with my husband we have this um, ritual now every morning when he's driving to his first job He'll phone me and we'll go over the schedule for the day because, you know, it's a little hectic, organizing the kids and ourselves. And then we, you know, talk about things that we need to talk about to vent it out so that when he's home with me, it's actually family time. Because it just feels like our world is so energetically busy and hectic that it's good to take those, those times to just be, just be. Not everything has to be a rush. 
And it's easy to get caught up in that and be distracted by things. I find that um, I'm really wanting to simplify right now to fine-tune my intuition. I'm out with my cows more. Although we had a skunk problem. Have I talked about my skunk problem yet? All right. This skunk. I had a skunk problem a few months ago, too, and now it's back. Sprayed my cat. That was the last time I had the skunk problem. And then recently my dog got it. My husband got misted. He didn't get a full-on spray. And then even my horse. Yeah, not a happy camper. I know. I should have probably been more upset about my husband getting it than my horse. But, you know. Anyways, that's our running joke, that the animals get more time and attention than, you know, each other. Um, so we decided, okay, I sent my husband to go find to go rent skunk traps and find them because this skunk is just getting a little carried away. What if it sprays a baby calf? Ugh. Right? Poor things. My horse is not happy. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyways, so we caught one skunk, and we are pretty happy about that. Hopefully this goes away. But now this morning, there's been another one around. So we still have to do more skunk trapping. You know, I'm perfectly willing to leave him alone and let him do what he needs to do, but as soon as you start spraying all my animals, no, 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 especially my horse. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell a, a little story on myself. Picking up the kids from a school event the other day, and I, I get home. Oh, first I should preface this. So we've been riding my beautiful horse just bareback with the halter, just going out, checking out the world, trying to get him, you know, sometimes he spooks at things, so we need to, we're spook-proofing him. Well, the other day I'm riding him, and he got mad. He didn't. He decided he wanted to go back to his friends, of course, because he's a horse. And he wasn't delighted with me wanting to keep going, but he does this beautiful cutting maneuver where he, like, twists, and if I was in a saddle... <laughs> cutting a cow, I would be over the moon delighted with it. I am over the moon delighted with it. But he did this beautiful cutting maneuver to duck back to his friends, and I fell off. Now, I get to, you know, congratulate myself a little here, because I fell off, landed on my feet. I seriously wanted to do, like, one of those gymnast poses. Like, winner! Did not fall. Did not hurt myself. And then he took two steps away. Like, I totally let go of the halter and everything. But he didn't run away from me. Because, you know, we're friends. And so I grab him, and I get back on, and we carry on, and he's fine. And so um, he has done this to my husband before, and my husband has, like, fallen off landing on his feet. And so we know he does this, and so we watch for it. And it was really interesting, though. I could feel his energy bunch up, and I knew he was going to do something, so I was semi-prepared. Good, because that's how I landed on my feet. But it was energetically really cool how his energy, like, kind of bunched up in a knot as he did his twisting maneuver. Now, if I would, now if he does it again, though, I'll be ready because I'll know he's going to do it, and I'll just turn him the other way. And I'm very proud I didn't fall off, seriously. And anyways, um, a few days ago, I come home, I picked up the kids, and I get out of my truck and I'm walking t- 
towards the house with my stuff, and I see my horse running around the pasture with his halter on, no husband. And I look over, and I see my husband walking a ways away, and my horse was really upset. Like he was running around looking for comfort. And so I put all my stuff down, and I went over to get him, and he's still running around all scared. And so I just stood there and talked to him, and then pretty soon he walks up to me, and I give him, you know, pets and cuddles and calm him down, because, you know, he's telling me scary monsters happened. And so my husband comes over, and he's, oh, great. Did you check on me first? No, you checked your horse first. Well, you know, honey, you're walking. You're fine. I can tell. <laughs> and so he was telling me that when we drove in and got out of the truck, he was waved at the kids. And he spooked my horse for some reason. I don't know. My husband waving, scary deal. And he jumped, and he did his, like, beautiful cutting maneuver, but then my husband kind of started to fall off and tried to bring himself back up and kind of hit him in the flank. And so then Friday jumped even more, and that's when my husband, he did hit the ground, poor guy. I did feel bad for him. We did, you know, doctor up his bruises, and he got back on the horse, and everything was fine. So it's our running joke that if something happens to the animals, drastic action will happen. But if it happens to one of us, we're like, eh, we can handle it. But I have to tell you that my horse is very in tune to energy. And so sometimes when him and I are out, I have to be more aware of what I'm feeling because he picks up on everything. It's a pretty cool deal, but until we work out um, how to, I don't know, figure out the energies together, it can be kind of interesting. <clears throat> He's very, very sensitive. He's a cool horse. He's, I don't know if you would call it a spirit horse because he tells me when things are happening. He's like a sentinel sometimes, and I know when I need to go out because he'll, like, tell me. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And I really can't wait to be able to have him under saddle and go chase cows and do that cutting maneuver. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's so awesome. Anyways, yes, totally squirrel because, you know, that's what I do. But I did have another point to this. Hanging out with animals and paying attention to their energies will automatically help your intuition. Animals are very in tune. They have to be for survival. And, yes, that's one of the reasons we're trying to get back to more intuitive energy-based living. It's for our survival, too. Our world is topsy-turvy a lot of the times, and we need to cultivate and really understand our intuition in order to navigate it. We get these messages. We just don't always understand them. We don't always know what to do with them. But if you start practicing and being aware, doing it with awareness. So all these conversations I've had over the last few days that are leading me to make this decision, I could just ignore it all. I could. Um, if you're not sure, weigh the consequences. Take the situations and, and create a timeline on what could happen if you need to write it down or sketch it out or just think it out or talk to somebody else about it. Look at all the possible consequences and make your decision from there. 
the consequences that are absolutely unacceptable, you know don't take that path. But really take the time to dig deep into all the possibilities so that you can make your decision from a really, really secure, knowledge-enhanced state. That's a lot of the ways I make my decisions. I look at all the possible consequences and the ones that are absolutely like no, like if it involves you know, my children's future or something. I, I can't take that chance. I'm not willing to gamble that way. I'm not willing to bury my head in the sand and hope for the best. I prefer to be proactive. Look, look at all the, the pieces of the situations and all the possible consequences and then decide. And sometimes not making a decision is the right answer and it will work out. But you have to be comfortable with it. Guilt and regret are two of the most powerful emotions that I help people with in my counseling. Because you can get stuck in guilt and regret and not get back out. And it affects your health. It affects your ability to make money. It affects just who you relate to in this world. Huge. Guilt and regret are huge. So keep that in mind. Pause and have a drink of water. And if you would like to grab yourself a drink of water and shake up your energy a little so we can do our guided meditation to enhance your third eye. Yay! I have to tell you, you know, one of the things that I'm very blessed by is having this deep connection to my intuition. I can read people all the time. And I don't act on it. I don't do anything about it. A lot of it I just file it away as information because one of the things I had to learn the hard way was how to keep my mouth shut. Um, you've probably noticed that right now information and truth are gray areas. Truth is no, not a straight line. There is an absolute truth to situations, but that's not how we're seeing it as people. And alternative facts is, or alternate facts, whatever that's called, it's, that's how our world is. And trying to convince somebody of something you believe is true, but they don't want to, it's not possible. It's a waste of your energy. You have to pick and choose where you want to spend your energy and just don't waste your time. I've disengaged from so many situations and people because of that, because I just, I'm too tired of it. It's, it's exhausting. Some people feed on drama. They love the energy it creates. They don't even realize that that's why it is what it is to them. They like to be in that energy because it makes them feel something. And you get to decide if that's, you know, positive for you or not. To pick and choose where you're going to take your stance and trust your guts.
trust your intuition. Okay, so let's do the third eye journey. Love, love, love this one. Okay, we are going to do this one. All right. So if you could trust your intuition, I want you to just take a moment and think about how that would change your life. What are the possibilities? Would it keep you safer? Yes. Would it help you to make better decisions? Yes. Would it help you understand other people's motivations and then you could become more compassionate? Yes. Can it become overwhelming and a little bit discouraging at times? Yes. Because you will find that you know more about people than maybe you want to. But you do learn to just deal with that and take it as it comes, right? Not everybody is supposed to be a positive experience for you. Okay. So let's take a nice breath in. Become aware of your breathing. Just notice it for a few moments. Take these moments to gently focus on your breath. Then, let's take three big deep breaths as deeply as possible. Beginning to release and then letting go. Breaths are signaling, it's time to go within. As the normal, natural breathing begins occurring, imagine a gentle, warm, balmy breeze as it wafts around. Wafting around head, neck and shoulders. And with every breath, as the breeze continues to move gently around, there's a gently and easily releasing and a letting go feeling going on, becoming more and more comfortable with every breath. Cross the upper back and circling around through the chest, a warm and nurturing feeling as the breeze continues to comfort. Down both arms, hands, and fingers releasing and letting go. Every breath taken perhaps there may begin to be some wondering is it a breathing of the breeze or is the breeze breathing me with every breath the breeze continues circling around through the mid-back, 
and around through the solar plexus. Every breath drifting deeper now. The gentle sensations of the warm, balmy breeze as it continues around through the lower back and circling around through the belly, releasing and letting go. Becoming more and more comfortable with every breath. The breeze continues moving around, around thighs, knees, calves, ankles, and around through feet, now and with every breath. Becoming completely and thoroughly comfortable, calm, and at ease. Being at one with the breeze, and the breeze still gently, easily, moving all around and all through. So that at five, four, three, two, one. Zero. Deeply, deeply, deeply relax. Deeply, deeply, deeply relaxed. When the door of imagination opens and there remains comfort and calm all around, it is sometimes easier to experience the sense of the third eye. All of the senses come in into a higher frequency, and the knowing within lifts up. It is the knowing within, sometimes called a voice to hear, sometimes an eye to see. but always about knowing something more, something beyond, something within that is bringing forth information as to what is just the right way to go. Ancient tales have talked about it. Much throughout time has been written about it, and each mortal being seems to have it, whether they are aware of it or not. To foster it is to pay attention to it, to listen, to know when intuition is talking is not always clear. The directive is to keep listening, keep attending to it. Each and every time there is a following of it, appreciate it. Just simply appreciate that it gave the direction that seemed right and was followed. 
So then it is in the trusting of it, how to trust it and know to follow it, when to open the deepest door, when to become so quiet that the only thing that could be heard or seen or known is that which dwells in the third eye. The knowing within wants attention, wants to be seen, wants to be heard, and when it gets that, it becomes even more forthcoming. And then it can be trusted again and again and for always and forever. Take a nice breath. And let's just review that again. The knowing within wants attention, wants to be seen, wants to be heard, and when it gets that, it becomes even more forthcoming. And then it can be trusted again and again and for always and forever. So then it is in the trusting of it, how to trust it and know to follow it, when to open the deepest door, when to become so quiet, that the only thing that could be heard or seen or known is that which dwells in the third eye. In the third eye, the knowing within, dwelling there for just a little while, listening and coming to hear, coming to knowing what's important to hear, see, and know. Give it a moment, just dwelling there, listening and hearing, or intuitively knowing what's important to hear, see, and know. More and more, as this becomes more practiced, strengthening takes place, and the full trusting occurs for the intuition to grow and develop in a positive way. And so feeling this experience in the fulfillment, in all its totality and unity, we completely understand our knowing within. We learn how it feels to trust our knowing within. We learn to recognize the energies of our own personal knowing within. And the full trusting that will occur for this intuition to grow and develop in a positive way. And so feeling this experience in the fulfillment in all its totality and unity We gain a sense of awareness and understanding, and with that comes confidence. We come up and out now, reinforcing the third eye 
and the knowing within. At zero, at one, at two, at three, four, and five. Eyes open wide awake, say your first name out loud. Eyes open wide awake, say your first name out loud. How's that feeling? That one felt really gentle. Gentle and powerful. Just how we want it, right? We want to experience our intuition and knowing when to trust it gently but powerfully. Nice. So if you are all experiencing some kind of a little bit sticky decision-making like I am right now, know that you are supported by the universe, trust your instincts, and you can't make a wrong decision. Weigh all your variables, look at all the possible outcomes, and know that you got this. You're here to learn, but you're also here of things, all the good things as well as all the challenges. What I wish for everybody is everybody could find some peace in their life and enjoy what they have right in these moments and find some happiness. Our world may be a bit (laughs) topsy-turvy, but there's so many good things about it too. Focus on those. I have to remind myself that it's okay. Yes, it may be topsy-turvy and something's uncomfortable, but there's so many good things too. Well, I'm going to sign off and go check my cows and hope that maybe there's some babies happening on this lovely day. I wish you all a wonderful rest of the week. And practice that intuition. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Psychic Cowgirl Radio with Shannon Lackman. Practical, insightful conversations to empower you on your personal journey. To connect with Shannon directly, visit PsychicCowgirl.com. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-C-O-W-G-I-R-L.com.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.